you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast. Are you eating? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Does it just sound like... Do, do I just sit here and just go... Oh, oh. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I liked your rhythm then. Welcome to the Got Till 5. That one's nice. Thanks, buddy. That's He's right. Jesse Benz and I'm Max Curtin and this is a wrestling podcast. Wrestling po- rest podcast. That means that we talk about wrestling. We don't wrestle whilst podcasting. Well, that's not a bad idea. Although year anniversary is coming up. I next feel like show, baby. Next show is our year anniversary, so I think we should do a wrestle. Let's have a wrestle. Uh, so this week's episode, we did a... So this week's episode was going to be more complicated. We had, like, a really good idea for an episode. <coughs> Jesse's got a lot of shit going on. That was aggressive. Yeah, so I've no, I, haven't got, shit... I haven't got sinister shit going on. I'm moving... Ha- when you say that, it sounds like I've done a murder or something. I'm, no, um, I'm moving house, so the last thing I want to do is put time into this. But... Um, once I've moved and got stuff in a new phone, although I haven't sorted out internet yet, so if, if I don't oh, get internet God. sorted out in time, um, maybe that might be the end of us. <laughs> um, might but, be doing a year anniversary by myself. Yeah, exactly, but I'll try and get internet sorted in the new house. But um, yeah, so I'm moving stuff, and basically our idea is to do um, top five, like, we might as well tell them, um, top five dark moments in wrestling, and that we're going to get properly sinister with it. We're going to sort out clips from like interviews and samples and stuff. And, um, that's awesome. And I can't wait for it, but you need to put time into it. And I've just been putting stuff in boxes for a while now. So once I've stopped doing that, we'll do that and it will be awesome. Exactly. So we've done the usual cop out where we ask you lot out there and I got till five Milky Way universe. What wrestler would you like us to do a top five on? And we've, a vast majority of the votes, I'd say. Kurt Angle was the winner. Not only a vast majority of the votes, but Kenny Omega, who was on the list, who I thought was wrestling's darling at the moment, got a grand yeah. total of um, 16% or something. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. That's mad. I thought I thought he'd win. As soon as I saw his name on the list, I was like, oh, Kenny's got it then. But it turns out, no, you'll hate him. What's the matter with you? Yeah, it went Kurt, Ray, Finn, and then Kenny. That's mad. So... You're all liars to yourselves, really. Exactly. Although Kurt does have some stunning matches, so I'm glad he's won. He does. We do have a, a lot to a lot to get through. I'm, oh, I'm worried so worried much. about crossovers and all that kind of stuff. But we'll get to Are you that actually in a worried? Are you I am scared? actually worried. Really concerned. Have your testes nestled up inside your stomach? Uh, yes. Yeah, Is that, that where they come from? That's the side of true fear. That's good. Um, so we'll begin to top five Kurt Angle matches. This goes from his debut in WF. TNA, New Japan, back to WE, the whole works. So we'll see what we like. We didn't ask you a lot what you liked this week because um, we got other stuff to do. It's all been it's all been quite rushed this week, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, I'm just so... I'm just doing my laces. I'm wearing some good um, Converse today. They're um, they've got the stars and stripes, stars and yeah, stars and stripes with the American flag all over them. Converse. They're like oh, little Do- little Donald Trump booties. No, I can't respond to that. Um, how's, how's your week been? How's my your two weeks, weeks been? My two weeks. My bye week has been good. Thank you. Um, just like I said, moving, putting stuff in boxes, but I'm moving into a nice big house. I'm in a flat currently. Um, regular listeners to the show will know that on occasion you hear random whoops and screams from outside, normally women getting murdered. 
and um, that's going to all stop because I'm going to be living in a nice little cul-de-sac where not much happens. You're going to live around the corner from where I used to live, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, um, pretty much opposite. And um, also, so it's a really nice street, right? All the houses look lovely, um, except for the one next door to me. Which um, so all the houses are nice, and you got this one random house where like there's plaster falling off it and shit and all that. And obviously, you see that when you go for the viewing, and you're like, oh man, I'm going to be living next to like gypsies but then um gypsy uh, and uh, and i was uh, and so we, we were doing the viewing and um i was like next door what's going on there and um, turns out it's just this uh, mad old bloke who is perfectly lovely very chatty apparently but um he like just is this crazy eccentric old man which I haven't met him yet, but um, I'll keep you updated as the weeks go by. But I'm sure, I'm sure he's. Lovely. You're kind of excited, aren't you? Yeah, better that than um, like it was either going to be something like that or just like um, I don't know what's good. Like Shameless was it called Shameless? That's yeah, Channel yeah, Four. Yeah. yeah, like that lot. It sort of looks like that lot should be living there. But if it's just one crazy old man, that's fine. When he dies, though, you're going to have to report the smell. Oh, you're right. Um, you didn't think about that, did you? Before you signed a lease? No, I didn't. But. I don't know. Apparently, rotting bodies smell a bit like apples. Really? That's what that's what they say in Psycho when he's got his mum in the attic. He says she smells like apples. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Jesse. Do you know what? Do you know what my favourite line from that film is? And I say it all the time, and people don't recognise it. I thought Psycho was a really famous film, but people don't recognise this line. And I really like it. There's a really good bit where just before he kills someone, he looks at him and he just goes, my mother made mistakes for me. (laughs) 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 I really like that line, but no one seems to recognise it. (laughs) I'm worried that you can use that in multiple situations. (laughs) My mother made mistakes for me. Oh, wonderful. Murderers again. Why do we do this? Just just you wait, listeners, until we get to that morbid wrestling episode, because we've done our research and we found some dark shit. I'm going to be in my element, and um, I know at least one um, clip that I want to take from a Larry King live show, and if that's not exciting, I don't know what is. And you know the reason we want to do the episode so badly is because I went back over the figures. (laughs) To satisfy my lusts. To satisfy Jesse's lusts. But I went back over the figures and I found out that um, second most popular episode was the Chris Benoit top five matches. My army of the night came out and supported me. So you morbid little bastards got all on that. Love it. People love a bit of darkness. So we're going to give them more. More just evil and debauchery. (laughs) The second year is going to tank into evilness. Yeah. It's like the dark timeline. So much smell of apples. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. But yeah. we're going to keep it light for our final week. Kurt Angle, he's an American hero. He's a legend. Oh, <laughs> we're, can- we're going to keep it light with this extra guy that he killed himself doing this. <laughs> it's as light as it gets in wrestling, let's be honest. Um, do we have time to talk about All In? All In was a one-off thing. Can we can we mention that? Uh, but we're a timeless podcast, Max. That's all In, fun. people will forget all about it. Um, go on then, quickly. Did you no, like All In? I did. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> no, we can do it. No, no, no. Don't I was asking questions. I was asking questions. No, 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 no. No, yeah, no. Leave it all in. That's fine. Um, this is cool. Um, all in was good. Um, I think it, audience were very forgiving. I think there were a few bits of the show that could have gone a lot better, but the audience chose to ignore it because it was overall a cool show and no small achievement. Well done, all in. And maybe if you're listening to this in 10 years' time or something, All In has become this regular thing, and Cody and the Bucks are these crazy promoters who are, like, doing insanely well. Who knows? And that'll be awesome, because I say that as a prophet now. 
Yeah. Um, or it's that pay-per-view that people can go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm. That was crazy. There was a inflatable dicks and a man came back to life. and There was. Um, and, yeah, like, um, what's the um, WrestleMania of TNA called? Uh, Slammiversary? No. No. Um, Bound for Glory? No. Yes, Bound for Glory. Um, but see, it's one of them. Like, I remember watching, I don't even know what year it was. Like, it would have probably would have been the first one. So 2005, 2006, something like that. Um, the first ever Bound for Glory. And I was like, ah, this is amazing. It's like different to WE and that's incredible. And now I can't remember anything that happened on it. But I remember that I watched it. That's, there we go. That, that memories, creating memories. Yeah. Um, my favorite match was Kazuchika Okada versus Marty Skull. Um, I tweeted that and Marty liked it. So Did he? He, he likes us. Oh, that's nice. Hi, Marty. Hi, Marty. Um, it wasn't my favourite match. Sorry, mate. No, I'm joking. It was. No, it was. No. Okada, you know how much I love Okada anyway. Okada and Marty was my favourite as well. He's a big boy. I, Okada? I, I've texted you this like multiple times this week because I said I haven't gotten over it. I know he's a big boy because he's bigger than Nakamura and he's the biggest Japanese man to ever live. But <laughs> uh, it's just when I saw him in the... I, think, I reckon it was the 16-foot ring and Marty and it just made him look like a giant. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, like you say, yeah, taller than Nakamura, which um, I think the main reason Vince McMahon wanted Nakamura is because of the fact that he was a tall Japanese man. And I think he's livid that he's found out there's now a taller one. That's probably why he's been booked to shit. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but good. I love Okada at the moment. Can I just say, I don't, this is supposed to be timeless. What are we doing? But um, Okada at the moment, red hair. Just like not giving a shit, um, having this amazing like graffiti style T-shirts, balloons everywhere. It's like he's completely descended into madness without the world, the New Japan World Title, and I I love it. It's brilliant. The, the commentary played it well because he came out in his full gear, his full Rainmaker jacket and stuff. Um, and the commentary was like, he takes Marty seriously. He's got rid of the balloons for this match. He sees this as an actual credible match. And I was like, well, way to knock everyone in the G1 with that comment. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I missed the balloons. Care. I don't think he ever wanted... Like, in kayfabe, he never wanted to win the G1. He was doing that because he's just got no interest whatsoever in being in the limelight because he's finally out of it for a bit. Do you know what I mean? And he can just, like, have fun and chill for a little bit. And then he's going to bide his time and then he'll be champion again in no time. That is true. Um, and I must apologise for you because I was at Rev Pro this weekend and they had New Japan merch and they didn't take cards so I couldn't get you... The Okada T-shirt. So why don't you have any money you. on you? Why don't you have any money on you, you skinned little bitch? Well, I had like fifteen quid T-shirts for twenty quid. Oh no! Uh, well, go, go, <laughs> I'm not going to barter with them. Go get more money out. Surely there's a cash point nearby. I ain't missing wrestling for you. Oh, for God's sake! Right now, I have to go buy the Okada T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees with stu- a ridiculous shipping charge from America. It takes weeks to get here, and sometimes you have to pay customs. I'll tell you what. I'll go to a Rev Pro show in a couple of weeks. And I'll go and get you one. Thank you. Is that I'll okay? I'll try to you the money in that. Like, just, yeah, make sure. The Okada one, size small. Get it. Yes, boss. And Thank I met you. Juice Robinson, who was a delightful young man. That's good. He looked really happy. He looked much happier to meet you than you did to meet him in that picture. <laughs> yeah. Kind of sums it up, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was lovely and very talented. And uh, he gave a small child his bout, like at ringside. He was like, can you hold on to this for me? Oh, and that's nice. I was like, just run off with it. <laughs> go kid head for the door <sighs> right Kurt Angle let's do a top 5 on that bold bastard let's do it um, ok let's do the drop now Boo! 5 4 3 2 1 
Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. And there it was. Nice. Never gets old. Um, Never gets old. Um, yeah, so just before we start, um, is Kurt Angle with hair a different person than bold Kurt Angle? <sighs> Spiritually, yes. I view them as completely separate wrestlers. I don't think I've got a Kurt Angle hair on this match. Have I've... you not? I've got one. You've got one? I've got one hairy Kurt. <laughs> there were a lot of good from 2000 and... 2000 to 2001. He did debut in 2000, didn't he? He did debut in 2000. I think it might even have been the end of 99. Yeah, I think it was the end of 99. God, I think it was the end of 99. Was it against... Who was his debut match against? Was it Sean Stasiak or something? Okay, yeah. 1998 was his debut. Bloody hell. Um, uh, his, his debut was on like Heat or something against Stasiak. And he, he came in as a face but was getting booed. And... Um, they got word to him to turn heel mid-match and he got on the mic and started healing it up in the middle of the match and fair play like debut you know what i mean the dude had been like training for a year or something and just rolled with it and did an amazing job yeah exactly and i think it worked a lot better for him to do that it was so because they even booed him where he won the olympic gold medal in atlanta yeah yeah so i i, I don't understand america i don't understand america either do you remember i don't understand anyone do you remember when um, they all booed Edge at SummerSlam 2004? In to- it was in Toronto, I think, SummerSlam 2004. And um, Edge came out as a massive babyface at the time. It was just booed to shit. But to WWE's credit, they took note of that and turned him into one of the greatest heels of all time. Yeah, very true. Kurt Angle almost debuted in Extreme Championship Wrestling as well back in 96. Oh yeah, but then they did, didn't they do a Jesus crucifixion? Yeah, so that was thing a or controversial thing where Raven uh, crucified Sandman, attached him yeah. to a cross with the barbed wire, uh, and Angle was just horrified and threatened to sue Paul Heyman if it was ever shown on TV that he did a <laughs> interview and guest spot on there. I apologize, sir. So yeah, that was pretty good. Well done. Thanks. Um, mate. I've got five good matches here. Of Kurt Angle. I've got Kurt Angle facts, just to keep the movie. Oh, fun. Yeah, just to pepper it. Just, just to pepper. pepper. Just to pepper. It's because we're likely to have crossovers, aren't we? Because uh, our, like, the era of wrestling that we love, what they call the ruthless aggression era, when we were sort of early teens, when we, you and me met and were truly in love with wrestling together, um, and with each other, I would say. Um, Kurt Angle was very much a big player around this time, so I think we're going to have um, a couple six, of crossovers. I, I've oh, tried God, yeah. to... Um... I've actually tried to avoid crossovers and picked my alternate favourite matches because I've spoken a lot about favourite Kurt Angle matches on previous podcasts. Um, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. So I thought I'd give light to some of my unsung hero matches. Nice. Um, um, I have not done that. I, I didn't think you would. This is why I think ahead. Um, would you like our first Kurt Angle fact of the podcast? Ah, uh, nah. Angle has said no, in the on. past. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. Angle has said in the past that he started his real training after he'd already reached a point of exhaustion. In his mind, if he could wrestle exhausted, then it'd be much easier when he was at hundred percent. The theme of this podcast is Kurt Angle's mental. Kurt, I was about to say Kurt Angle is a crazy person. So he like so this era that I was talking about, the ruthless aggression era, also happens to tie in with when Kurt was probably at his most crazy as far as like 
just wrestling through near-death experiences and broken necks and just he was an absolute machine like he just wouldn't stop and it's it's insane like daniel bryan when he was forced to retire um the condition he was in was probably a tenth of what Kurt Angle was just day to day. Kurt yeah, Angle was really. still just like, yeah. Listen, listen to the training regime. He started in the morning with a six mile run, then did 40 hill sprints, and then did half an hour of jump rope, had a quick lunch. Uh, then he started <laughs> with technique and condition training. By the time he reached that absolute point of exhaustion where he was about to collapse, he then did his evening session that consisted of heavy weightlifting and plyometric jump training. And Kurt only took one half day a month off from. So let me re. He took one half day a month off from training. So he took one day off a month from training. That's mental. He's. Yeah, crazy person. And yeah, despite all that, he always had really skinny arms because his neck was so fucked that the nerves weren't going down to his arms. So he always had these little skinny, twitchy arms. There was that time I saw him in uh, TNA. It must have been about 08, 09 when he was proper drugged up. And he just looked like a completely different person. He was so skinny and had a bit of a Jason Statham look going on as well. And he was oh, yeah, mental. when he had the beard and grew grew out like his hair a little bit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. crazy. And uh, you notice as well, through, through like 2003 onwards, really, every time he takes a bump and he's lying there, you can see him just clenching his left hand. Yeah, um, just because he has hasn't got any feeling in it because his neck's so fucked, he hasn't got any feeling in his left arm. Just every time he took a bump, he was just doing that to sort of try and get feeling back to his arm. That's terrifying. Yeah, most of these matches will finish with he either went and got surgery or needed surgery. Yeah, following this match, Definitely. so um, he he is an insane man. I also just realised that we've done three of these now where we get people to vote on someone's top five. We've done Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, and now Kurt Angle. Um, yeah. And I like that they've picked people that aren't wrestling anymore. So this is our definitive top five for how we view them. There's not going to be any in the future. If we pick Kenny Omega, we'd probably have to do it again next year. That's true. And Kenny, I, I was thinking about it, you know, like as much as I love Kenny Omega and I do. Um, what would the top five be? It would just be like four Okada matches and one against NATO. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone knows what it exactly would be. Exactly what really. it would be. <laughs> if you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want, like, if you want like the perfect top five, and everyone knows that, really, don't they? Mm-hmm. You are right, sir. Um, who's going first? Ah, pa- uh, me. Oh, don't want to rock paper scissors. Okay, no, take it away. Uh, okay, wait. Um, wait. What? Jesse, what are we waiting for? Wait. Hold Have you got his music? No. But now I want That'd to play be... it. <laughs> That'd be great. And there's Kangas music. Okay, what are we um, gonna do for crossover? Oh, um... my vote is I'm a sexy cat. Okay, yeah, cool. Yes. I'm just a sexy cat. Okay, sexy cool. Cut. I'll Correct. Make your ankle um... hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna play the whole um, song. Whole song. I know. I know. Um, with um, Sherry Martel on BVs. Mm. Um, she did. Uh, let's go for my number five. Okay. Um, it's This is actually a deep cut, I would say. I, I, I don't think my other four are, but this one is. This is from No Way Out 2004. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle versus The Big Show versus John Cena. Ooh. Number one contenders match for the WWE title. Whoever won would um, face Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania 20. Who won? I believe Kurt Angle <laughs> won that one. I do not remember this match, and I never know how Kurt Angle gets to face Eddie Guerrero. 
Yeah, right. You should go watch it. Kurt was face at this time and turned heel like the week after on Eddie and called him like Mexican drug addict, which he was. And um, uh, this is also this is the last match that John Cena has ever tapped out in. Mm, fun fact. No way out. Two thousand and four. Wow. Last time he ever tapped no, out. No, fourteen yeah. years ago. Yep. Good Jesus. He has never tapped out since because he never gives up. And um, it was Angle, obviously, that made John Cena tap out with um, his lovely ankle lock when he drops down and really twerks it. You know, great fine one. Yeah. But this match is worth watching because Angle's just like, he's on a different level. He he comes out and he's just like swearing. And he's just like, come on, you motherfucker, just really loud throughout the whole match. And like, he doesn't really do that ever. But through this match, he did. I don't know what got him in that mood, but it was a great match to, um, I think, Big Show. This is back, Big Show in 2003 and 2004 is really underrated, I think. He put on some really, really good work. And um, and he continues to hear really good, you know, giant to overcome. Cena was a massive up-and-coming star. Even though he taps out to Angle, Angle makes him look amazing. And that's why Cena goes on to win the US title the following month at WrestleMania 20 from the Big Show. And in Madison Square Garden, you would never see this now. In Madison Square Garden, John Cena comes out to open WrestleMania 20 to the biggest pop in the world. The crowd love John Cena back in 2004. Love him. Hardcore wrestling fans love John Cena. And it's in no small part because of this match and Angle making Cena look amazing. Um, But Angle does win, as he should, against Cena and Big Show at this time. And it's just... It's just a really well done triple threat. Triple threats can sometimes not be that great because it's always, oh, one guy rolls out and then there's two guys fighting. Another guy rolls out, then it's two guys fighting. But this one had a lot of double team spots and um, everyone just came out of it looking really good. Yeah, like I wish I could comment on this match, but I really don't remember any of that at all. Go back and watch it, if for nothing else, just because Kurt Angle's swearing his tits off throughout the whole thing <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah, I, I definitely will, because I don't know why... What happened in that No Way Out? I must have watched it because this was when we oh, God, lived this it. This is the No Way Out, mate. Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE That's title it. in the main event of this No Way Out. Yeah, yeah. Chavo Guerrero beat Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title in this um, in this as well. So it was a good night for the Guerreros. Um, uh, what else happened? Um, obviously, the highlight of this whole pay per view was um, uh, Nidia against a blindfolded Jamie Noble. <laughs> That's the highlight. <laughs> Yeah, because Nidia had been blind for a while because she got the black mist from Tajiri. Oh, yeah, I remember that storyline. Yeah, and Jamie Noble had been, like, pushing her into people and stuff when she'd been blind, which is how we'd all treat a blind girlfriend, let's be honest. (laughs) And um, then Nidia got her eyesight back, so she had this match, and he had to be blindfolded, so he knew it was like, but he still won because men are better than women. (laughs) Peak, peak WE. The booking (laughs) of that night is mental. It's crazy. It's good, though. It's a good pay-per-view. I recommend going back and watching the whole thing. I had it on DVD, and I liked it. Is it where Eddie's, like, got the prison face, and he's like, it wasn't me? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Okay, I will go back and watch that after this pay-per-view. Um, Dude, after this podcast. After this pay-per-view. This is a pay-per-view. Pay, bitches. <laughs> I wish. I know, right? Um, we wouldn't have a good buy rate. Shut up. Shut up. So, good choice. Very good choice. Um, mine... How do you know? You can't remember well, it. Well, I, I trust your judgment as a human being. Thanks, mate. Welcome. Um, my... <laughs> welcome. Welcome. So, my smarky choice at number five. Oh. What a refreshing change. <laughs> uh, comes from Wrestle Kingdom 2 back in 2008. 
Uh, ah. The dark days of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. The dark days. Kurt Angle versus uh, Yuji Nagata for the very complicated IWGP third title, whatever they were calling it at the time. Because this, third title. Well, this was so. Is is this basically what the never open weight has replaced? No, this was when um, it was called the IWGP Third Bout Championship. So this was around the time when Brock Lesnar fucked off with the championship and they stripped it off him, but he still had it. Uh, yeah. Kurt beat him and he went to the new promotion IGF and they were like, "We've got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship." And New Japan's over here like motherfuckers. <laughs> no, you don't. So they referred to that. The actual IWGP Heavyweight Championship as the third championship created a new IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which Shinsuke Nakamura would win later on in this evening. And then eventually they would merge the two when Shinsuke beat Kurt Angle. It's weirdly complicated. But. Yeah, I was not a New Japan fan around this time. But, because I've, I've been working my way back through Wrestle Kingdoms and I've heard of this match because it's, it's like, when you look at Nagata, it's it's Kurt, but Japanese. <laughs> it's kind of a mindfuck, really. It's just Kurt with sellotape on the sides of his eyes. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kurt's basically wrestling himself. And Brian said it about Nagata, where he's one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. And I know Nagata from like when we've been watching it recently. And he's just like an old Japanese man. And bless him, he's trying. But go back and watch him in this match. The two just go for it. And Nagata's the one that does the arm bars and yeah, his eyes roll into his head. Exactly. Doesn't he? Yeah, I love that shit. That's the truth. Every time that's what happens, I pop. And it happened great in this match. They just kept he kept going for the crossface as well. So he kept trying to lock the nice. crossface on Kurt um to break his neck, which was very doable at the time. Um Oh god, yeah. Fucking flick him. <laughs> Gen- gentle breath of air <laughs> down he goes so this was like a weird he had a neck he had a neck like soup <laughs> those little containers that were in a plastic pouch <laughs> saved the environment that's what his neck was um so, so this was when tna <laughs> he had a neck like a fruit <laughs> one pop white stuff everywhere <laughs> Uh, do you remember at school when you used to like fire them and they just shoot over people's legs and ah, you came on yourself oh god yeah yeah my mum my used to buy me fruits for my pat lunch every day I never ate one just squirted them at other bitches <laughs> other bitches <laughs> you're mine now oh no yeah <laughs> right uh, so these two go at it for quite a while trading back um, oh, fuck you for really distracting me. <laughs> going back and forth with great holds as they would uh, Nagata being the striker with the legs Kurt going for like the punches um, and the reversals between the two to go from um, ankle locks into cross faces and eventually as you say his orgasmic arm bars which he did get into he got him in his orgasmic arm bar and he managed to pick the ankle lock uh, from a cross face as well and they were just going back and forth. There was even one bit where he um, goes for a soccer kick on Angle, and he just grabs that ankle, sits down, great finds nice. it, taps that bitch out. Love that shit. You know what? Like ankle lock is such a simple move, but the beauty in its simplicity, like the fact that basically any move in the world, all Angle has to do is go for the leg as a counter and every time it's like fuck yeah you're a technical genius do you know what yeah. i mean like and all he has to do is grab the leg 
But it works. Every time he does it, it's like, fuck, this is awesome. Just, oh, I love it when he just goes for that ankle. And then when he does a drop down as well. It's just so good. So uh, that's good. when you know it's I over. I know, right? See, that's that's his version of Nagata rolling his eyes back, right? Like, for some reason, Nagata rolling his eyes back makes the armbar hurt more. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand it, but it does. And But Angle's version of that is dropping down. It's like, right, that's it. This is the end of this match when that happens. Exactly. This was around the time, so it was really weird watching Wrestle Kingdom where there's like a TNA New Japan crossover um, mm. where where this is kind of happening. And it, it's... It was like MySpace having a partnership with AOL. Right. That's a really weird reference, but I liked it. On how, yeah, on how current it is. And, and this pay-per-view didn't do well. So like Mautzer was saying that this experiment they're doing where this is going to be their annual January 4th show, it's just, it's hovering on extinction. It's just not going to work. Um, apparently there were... Was this was this also around the time when the president of New Japan made all the wrestlers do legit MMA to prove that they could yes, fight? Yes, yeah, this was this as era. If, as the if, dark era. As if, as if, yeah, as if that's what wrestling is about at all. And obviously the majority of them just embarrassed themselves and weren't taken seriously as wrestlers anymore because they were seen to get beaten up in real yeah, life. And they all got their ass kicked. just damaged the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently 20,000 people showed up to this event, but 10,000 were paid to be there. <laughs> and it was just the shit show of like no one wants to be there. And you look at where New Japan's at now. I I just read that they're reporting like a billion revenue from this year. Yeah, that is a billion yen. <laughs> so well, yeah, true. Um, but it's still yeah impressive to go from. It's still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good hovering money. on extinction to where they're at now. Um, it it when I was looking into all of this about the whole third IWGP champion, whatever they were naming it. Um, it made me kind of sad that they don't recognise Kurt as a IWGP champion. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? But they do Lesnar. Yeah, because still, even though he ran off with the yeah. Ball. Um, and Brock held a title for this is classic Brock held a title for six hundred twenty nine days, defended it three times. Classic <laughs> Brock. That's my boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I I think it's a shame that they don't kind of recognise Kurt, but he did take the title to another promotion, so probably had it come in i love that shit by the way um in new japan and other promotions should do this before they defend the um iwgp world heavyweight title there's that graphic on the screen where they just show every single past champion yes love that everyone should do that they started doing it uh they started wrestle kingdom didn't they with the iwgp uh was it the light heavyweight where they started showing previous champions yeah, it's yeah. It's second great. most prestigious, isn't it? And you've got like Owen Hart showing yeah. up, which is really cool. Yeah, it's just it's just so cool. You really appreciate the sort of history and lineage of that, of the belt that's about to be defended when you've just been shown every single past champion first. It's just so and cool. And WE could do it easy. There's only ever been 50 champions. Oh, God, yeah. You could fly through them. It'd be brilliant. Except when Jinder comes up. That's all right, but you know it's, it's still it's still like it or not, it's part of history. It right? is, you know it what I mean? is. It's like you got to you got to appreciate that. But then you get into the complication of the big gold bout, the universal championship. You know what do you recognise as the main championship? <sighs> well, yeah, I, obviously they don't. But um, the WWE title to me is always the top one, and it annoys me when it's not um, represented thusly. Exactly. Apart from when Benoit had the world heavyweight title, then to me, that was the main battle. <laughs> <laughs> it fluctuates for, for how you feel. So yeah, great match. Um, if you haven't watched Wrestle Kingdom 2, you can skip a lot of it, except for the main event in this match. So I just saved you like nice. three hours. Very uh, good. Um, before you go on, Kurt Angle fact number two. 
Oh, I'm excited. It's widely recognised that Kurt Angle had the best rookie year in WWE history, a moniker that only AJ Styles could now challenge. In Angle's first 11 months with WWE, he won the European Championship, Intercontinental Championship, King of the Ring 2000, and he also won the WWE Championship. Following his 1999 debut, Angle went on to appear at 46 of the next 47 pay-per-views, only missing the Insurrection pay-per-view in London until his WrestleMania 19 match with Brock, after which he had to go take her time off to heal his neck. That is impressive. Mental. 46 out of 47. That's crazy. Also, as far as rookie years go, I would also throw Brock Lesnar into um, into that argument, by the way. I think there's very few people that have had a year like Brock Lesnar's first year in WWE. That was quite he special. He only won the WWE Championship and King of the Ring, though. But he was, like, main eventing every pay-per-view he was in. He main evented his first ever WrestleMania. It's true. This is why Kurt and Brock's careers just parallel. Yeah. Completely. It's, I think... I know, like, I know he didn't win as much gold, Brock, but as far as, like, booking and... So, and people took him seriously as well. It wasn't like, who the fuck's this that they're pushing to the moon? It was like, no, he's a legitimate monster. And he had a very, very solid first year, I think. I concur. Good. Um, my <laughs> um, number four is um, not hipster or niche. I'm sure it will be on most people's lists. It is versus Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania 20. I'm just the sexy girl. Ah, good. I'm glad I've taken that thunder from you. Um, uh, okay, let's talk about it together then. Um, month after the um, No Way Out match that I just talked about, um, in the, that month, um, Angle had turned heel and saying about how Eddie's a disgusting drug addict and shouldn't be representing the WWE title. Um, Angle, um, Eddie is the star of this match, without a doubt, with one of the greatest finishes in uh, history, I think, of like, how an underdog beats someone like you can't beat the ending of this match when Eddie's ankle is hurting him so much that he take, loosens his boot. Um, angle goes after that ankle because he sees him loosen his boot and he's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. And uh, it's brilliant because you see amazing camera work that you just don't see nowadays from WWE. Do you remember? He, loosens his boot, yeah. he looks up, they fix on um, Kurt first and you see him see Eddie like loosen the boot. And then it cuts back to Eddie and you just see him mouth, oh, shit, <laughs> try and like, crawl away. But Angle gets him in the ankle lock, but Eddie manages to push off his boot. Um, Kurt then runs for him, small package with his feet on the rope. Amazing um, positioning in the ring. Right, that's what I was going to say. Kurt it's one of the best small packages and just how quick he gets into it and the quick hook on the rope. Uh, uh, stunning just how can you be that aware that quick do you know what i mean and then eddie sneaking out and kurt raging in the ring holding that boot yeah it's, it's so just, good it's fantastic but you know obviously everyone talks about how great eddie was in this match but kurt like was so good in this match just made eddie look amazing as he did does with everyone just incredible men look good and what i really like about this is um before just before this match was victoria against molly holly for the women's title and the loser got their head shaved and there was a little barber um, chair set up at the top of the ramp and stuff. And um, Victoria shaving Molly Holly's head um, obviously went longer than planned because um, she's still doing it when Kurt Angle comes out to his entrance. You see in the corner, so, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he comes out and he almost looks over at them like, the fuck is going on there? <laughs> I really wish you'd put like, his thumbs up and been like, good luck. Solid luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was funny and also wrestlemania 20 i want to quickly mention do you remember the floor of the ramp as well mm-hmm. that had like 
special graphics on the floor for each wrestler. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. It was. I loved that. And Kurt had the best one with the American um, flags and that. Taker had a good one as well, the purple with the lightning. They've but tried it, to, it just like, looked awesome. They've tried to recreate it at like modern WrestleManias, but I don't know. It's just that small set that just made it work so much better on that one. Yeah, exactly. Like Randy had a sperm snake, didn't he, a couple he of did. years ago and stuff. But it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work. You, you just need that little, there was no like fancy pictures or anything. It was just like really simple LED sort of colors flashing underneath you just at the top of the ramp. And it looked wicked. It was so cool. Yeah, completely. And um, this match, as you say, Eddie isn't someone that needs them to make them look good. But no, obviously not. Um, that. I don't really remember Kurt and Eddie working together much singles competitor, always in tag and that kind of stuff. It was just, yeah, it was just this month, really, um, that they, they obviously had this big WrestleMania match. It was stunning. And then Kurt needed to take time off for his neck again after this mania. So they pretended that he, Big Show threw him off a balcony. Do you remember? Oh, that? yes. And, and he, he came back broke his leg GM, didn't as he? general manager for a bit. Yeah. So that was him healing his neck, um, but still being on telly. And it was brilliant because he was in a full suit and had a massive leg cast on over his suit. And cast. you know what? That's when wrestling died for me. I was like, <laughs> does he get the cast fitted every show? Like, why is it over, always over his suit trousers? <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was a great visual, though. You know what? Wrestling did, Wrestling got better for me at that point. I, I was like, off. this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, I can accept boogeymen and dead wizards, but that's too far, <laughs> WE. Too far. It also wasn't long after. I suppose it was towards the end of that year afterwards that um, Big Show actually um, went away for a bit to heal an injury, I think, and then came back with long hair. And um, Kurt Angle tranquilized him with a tranquilizer gun. And um, put him to sleep, and then shaved his head. I, I remember that really vividly from a SmackDown for some reason. I just remember it being really funny the way Kurt Angle hunted him like a bear. <laughs> oh, wrestling! <laughs> I love you. Uh, <laughs> I'll always remember the iconic image. I think it's only iconic because you had the poster on your wall for so many years. But when uh, Eddie oh, goes... that was sorry, 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 sorry. Can I just interrupt you? Um, going back to when he tranquilized Big Show. There's also a bit. <laughs> <laughs> At least let me finish um... my iconic point. Go on. Go no, on. no, no, no. There's this, there's a bit. No, this is just as iconic. There's a bit when um, Big Show's knocked out from the tranquilizer, and um, you can find it if you Google it now. I'll send you the picture afterwards, and you can. Can we use this for the picture for the podcast? Actually, for a Kurt Angle. It's Kurt. It's Kurt. Yeah, it's Kurt Angle. Um, holding up big show's head like like it's like his trophy you know you see those pictures of people in the jungle that have shot a lion or whatever and they're holding it he's doing that he's like got this genuine like really happy smile on his face just holding up big show's like (laughs) dead head (laughs) it's really cool we have to have that as the picture if you find it we'll go on it'll go on i will i will i will i will i'm gonna look for it right now and send it to you while you talk your tell me your iconic point but when um, Eddie Guerrero is going for the frog splash on Kurt Angle, and it's just lined up perfectly with just Kurt in the middle of the ring, WrestleMania 20 logo, and Eddie delivering the frog splash. I'll always remember that image of Eddie. Yes, yeah, um, I had that. You're right, I had that on my wall, along with the um, Benoit doing a diving headbutt from WrestleMania 20 as well, um, onto Shawn Michaels, I believe it was. Exactly. So, um, yeah, great match. Absolutely loved that match. It's why it was my number three, because they put on an absolute classic. Um, and as you say, the finish with with the boot, just I could watch again and again. It's probably yeah. probably my favorite match from WrestleMania twenty. This one, 
so slick, so slick. Okay. If if Ben if Benoit wasn't on this card, it would it would be my favorite match. It was just the pace of it, like it was so frantic, and the chain wrestling that they did. Like you remember the finish, and you remember them hitting their finishes like midway to the end. But the chain wrestling at the start, the pace of it is ridiculous. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, by saying about this ending and that, like we're completely not underselling the actual technical wizardry that was the majority of this match and it's brilliant it's up there with um it's up there with kurt benoit it's up there with all sorts of like really top-notch stuff yeah um so fantastic match and my number four is my last non-we one from here because what you got to remember is that kurt angle was in a little promotion called tna for 10 years tits and ass tits and ass for longer than his actual we career which is mental. Which is mental, because... That's a mental stat. You should have saved that for when you're a little Kurt fan. Oh, I've got some... I know, I, know, I know everyone knows, but it's still a like, mad fact. I've got some great mad facts for you coming up, mate. Mad facts. Oh, I'm well excited. Check your, um, check your Facebook messages, by the way. I've sent you that big show, Kurt Angle picture. Okay, I will. Um, actually, I'm just going to do that now, because I'm really intrigued as to what this <laughs> looks like. do 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 Jesse Patrick Ben. <laughs> silly, look how happy Kurt looks. Yeah, we're using that. <laughs> okay, so my number four <laughs> is uh, from TNA Genesis 2006. Now, I'm not a big TNA fan. I I missed the majority of Kurt Angle's run in TNA. I watched. Yeah, me too. Do you remember? It was really cool, wasn't it? Like back in 2005 or so. It was like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, exactly. Jay Like. These are the sort of names that you heard, and you were like, this is awesome. And then you just lost interest and moved on with your life. That's what I was going to say. I watched. When the wrestling channel went. Yeah, exactly. So I used to watch TNA quite religiously when it was on uh, the wrestling channel, 2004 up until about 2006. Um, Something like that. Yeah, because it was on for ages. And oh, I loved that channel so much. Oh, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You'd get stuff like. No one ever talks about it anymore. English people out there, do you remember the wrestling channel? And, um, like. Was it a free view or Sky or something? Yeah, but yeah, it was one it of the free channels. Such a cool channel. I love that. Because you got like Noah, New Japan, you got AAA, TNA, Ring of Honor. You know, you're, we were watching guys like Punk and Brian before we even know, knew who these guys were. It, yeah, discovered so much stuff through that. I remember seeing Seamus on um, yes, Irish Whip Wrestling. Irish Whip Wrestling. Like that. Yeah. Because his promo was used to come up in the adverts. Like he'd be cutting yes, promo that's right. and stuff. I remember that. Uh, but was TNA bad. was great because you had the X Division. As you say, you had Kurt, you had AJ, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Petey Williams. You know, it was just a stacked roster from start to finish. And mm. one match of Kurt that I'll always stick out. Shark Boy. Oh, and Curry Man. Curry Man. Yes. Which was Christopher <laughs> Daniels. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Stone Cold Shark Boy. Stone Cold Shark Boy. As he became sometimes. They were simpler times. They were better days. <laughs> um... So, Kurt Angle and AJ is what everyone talks about, but I always found Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe so much more interesting. I I was re-watching some Kurt Angle-AJ matches to see if maybe I was wrong. And, okay, AJ's good in WE now. You forget how quick he was in TNA. Yeah. He's yeah. like a slow old man now in comparison. Yeah, no, I know exactly what he you mean. He can fly. But my favourite match, my four favourite match, is Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe, TNA Genesis 2006. Now, nice. Samoa Joe. Will... This isn't the um, this isn't the MMA one. No, no, is this it? isn't the MMA one or no. the um, the other one they had. This is their first encounter. So okay. Samoa Joe was undefeated for a year and a half. 
making everyone tap out. He was completely undefeated. Year and a half, that's mental. Um, him and Kurt was a dream match. To, this is how they build it. It was a dream match. And they absolutely delivered the back and forth that those two had um, at the start of the match. And you forget how much of a beast Joe was back then. He was just throwing bitches around like they were nothing. Yeah, yeah, he was booked like a real monster, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Kurt gets busted open on the ring steps, and he does a Vince McMahon-style blade job, where that shit is pouring, and it's like oh, in really? his eyes, and it's everywhere. And Samoa Joe is like tearing at his head and wiping it on his face. You know, I <laughs> I love that sadistic shit when they start doing that, when people bleed. Um, I love it. And they just keep going, and there's a point where you kind of go, I think Kurt's lost too much blood. <laughs> but that's just how good he is. And then he, he rallies and he comes back. And the, the back and forth between the two, a couple of muscle busters, Olympic slam, all that kind of stuff goes on. And then we get to the ankle lock and the submission aspect of the match. Um, Angle gets him in the ankle lock first. And Joe does the best counter where he kicks Angle's free leg out. Angle falls straight into Coquina Clutch. And Love you're it. like, this is it. This is over. No one's kicked out of Coquina Clutch. Uh, but Angle gets out of it. Uh, he then gets him in the ankle lock again. And as you were saying earlier, you forget how intense the ankle lock is and how invested you get. Joe was in it for, it was a good three, four minutes. And then reaching for the ropes and he's so close, but Angle drops down into the grapevine. And Joe is literally centimeters from the rope. And yeah, we'll just get to it because Joe's been undefeated for this long. And then he taps mm. and the crowd go absolutely insane. Because awesome. the you know, this is the first time joe's lost and the crowd are just so invested in this match from the get-go it's it's just such a fantastic match that really was tna at its height and then joe gets on the mic and he says i admit you beat me but i want a rematch and kurt goes to shake his hand but then wipes it around the back of his head and leaves the ring in the ultimate oh. fuck you man attitude. attitude and it was just yeah if you haven't watched much of tna watch this match tna genesis 2006 kurt angle versus samoa joe it's amazing good choice um another suitably hipster choice that's the last of it it's all we from here on out well the two nice. the two i've got left because you stole this one um i did steal one i might steal another one actually okay. um but before we get to um, that i'm just before we get to that my before friend, we get to that what's happening um time for a kurt angle fact oh of course of course means. you idiot kurt angle actually won the ncaa championship twice in 1990 and 1992, WE only wants you to believe that it was once. So, Lesnar and Swagger have also won it. Angle is the only WE superstar to win the NCAA championship twice. Um, he also won a gold medal at the 1966 Summer Olympics in Atlanta with a broken freaking neck. 1996. That's what I said. You said 1966. Well, obviously, I meant 1996. I know, but you're an idiot. <laughs> Wait, you're going to listen to that back and go, man, I, was, I sound like a right idiot. Like right idiot. <laughs> Uh, simple fact. <laughs> why did Why did WE um, not want you to know that he won it? Twice? No idea. Surely they want a big up. Everybody. They always just say that he won the NCAA championship. Never that he won it twice. Weird. Weird. Um, Weird. I don't have a number three. So <laughs> well, it's my turn anyway. Well, I'm just upset. Okay, um, I might be taking your um, number two here. I don't know. Um, I don't know for sure, but hang on. Let me just go get a beer from the fridge so you might have to do some editing magic here. Mariachi music. There we are. 
Um, I've been um, so whilst doing this podcast, I've been scratching one of my legs and um, gambling jeans up. And um, I just walked to get the beer and looked down with one of my um, jean legs rolled up, and I look like JTG. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I do. I look like you him, don't. and I'm and I'm pleased about that. Um, what, my, what what beer have what? you got? Uh, Punk IPA. Of course. What do you expect? Hipster douche. I know. We're all like that, aren't we? Um, ah, number three. Yeah. I've lost track of my life now. Um, this is from um, a year previous to my number four, WrestleMania 19, the main event versus Brock Lesnar. Dun, 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 Do you remember when I took Brock Lesnar's music and remixed it with the Linkin Park song, High Voltage, and it really worked? I do. I was actually sitting in the car driving back from Rev Pro with a friend, and I was telling him about it just the other day. Really? Yeah. Oh, one of my mixes has stood the test of time and people talk about it without me. Right. And uh, he said it sounded cool and I was like, it was all right. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> That's the peak of my musical career making. That it was really good. Um, anyway, um, yeah, versus, I'm surprised this isn't in your top five. Oh, no, I've got uh, a much better Kurt Brock match. Oh, dear, because they wrestled in New Japan. Um, <laughs> That's so, a shit match. <laughs> um, it's actually good. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I really like it. But um, I prefer this one. Um, people obviously always remember um, Brock Lesnar's box shooting star press. That's what everyone thinks of when they think of this match. What they forget is that Kurt was wrestling with his frube neck and um, fell on it every time. Like, you watch this. We talk about this all the time. WrestleMania 20 on the extras. There's a documentary called The Mania of WrestleMania. And it's all about WrestleMania 19 and how everyone nearly died. And they talk about Kurt Angle was wrestling with like his neck was like a little um, thread and they were like, okay, so he's just going to go out there and take it easy. And the first thing he does is just like slam head first into the mat. <laughs> he's like barely touched. And it's like, <laughs> okay, Kurt's just going to like kill himself. That's fine. And then it ends up, it's brought that he kills himself, which no one was expecting, but um, what a twist. Yeah. Um, but um, Kurt just wrestled this match. Like he had a death wish. Like, I, and again, like it's, there's a theme in my list of him putting other people over. He made Brock look incredible, and no one doubted Brock's credibility as being in WWE for less than a year at this point um, of re- headlining WrestleMania and winning. And Kurt just made him look incredible. Um, he put up an incredible fight. Um, they they did that amazing spot um, when um, Kurt Germans Brock and Brock backflips and lands on his stomach. That's a great spot. Um, they didn't do my favourite um, spot that they've ever done together, which I was talking about just last show, I think, top five SummerSlam matches, because yeah. Kurt and Brock wrestled at SummerSlam 2003. Um, when Brock belly-to-bellies Kurt Angle, Brock doesn't leave his feet, just stands there and throws Kurt Angle over his six-foot-two head, and Kurt does a full flip and back bumps. That is just mental, and it's, that spot is so underrated. But anyway... Uh, this match just made Brock look like a star. Kurt wrestled like he nearly died. He was like, sh- was it after this match that he says like he was his wife walked in on him in the locker room and he was just like naked on the floor shivering. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> totally, totally normal, totally healthy. And um, but that's what he put himself through to put on this incredible match in Seattle, and just yeah, just amazing, just an amazing, amazing match. Well, the con- the context around the match makes it even better, I think. It's like with the Eddie Kurt match, you remember the Brock spot and the botched finish and all that kind of stuff, but the lead up to it puts it in an echelon all by itself. 
the fact yeah. that it's still regarded as one of their best matches despite that ending is just a testament to how good that match is. Yeah, just just and what just watch it, remembering that Kurt Angle's neck was like a pile of spaghetti hoops. And that makes you like even more realize. Like, I'm just wondering how many Kurt Angle neck analogies we're going to go through with food. <laughs> all, yeah, I was going to say they're all food related as well. It's weird. It's like a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and come up with a non-food related one next time I bring up his neck. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I love this match so much. Um, that Brock and Kurt. As I mentioned previously, their careers almost parallel for how good they are, and the fact they got to work together so much before both of them decided to fuck off elsewhere um, and kill themselves was truly a treat. That they were both in WWE at the same time, and they got to do what they had to do. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like people talk about Rock and Austin as like you had two massive stars at the same time, and that's like catching lightning in a bottle. Which box office wise is totally true, but wrestling wise, the fact that you had Lesnar and Angle and Benoit all in the same business at the same time is yeah. truly lightning in a bottle for two, like yeah two ncaa champions or one two-time ncaa champion yeah it's just crazy a- absolutely mad um can i just chuck in a random number three that pops into my head just so uh, i've got something to do yeah okay um angle and mcmahon the street fight king of the ring that's an honorable mention all right thanks you've taken my number two whatever i'm just a sexy cat that was the most underhanded snaky way of taking one of my list i will destroy you i'm good now i'm gonna wait for you to talk (laughs) all the times i've nicked your fucking like all the times that i've completely taken your thunder at least i'm glad it wasn't my number one but the fact that you just casually slide that in and steal one from me. Oh, livid. You know, Absolutely livid. You know when we do like the year anniversary and it's like our top five favourite moments, that's my number one. <laughs> we just created my number uh, one moment right there. Oh, Kurt, God. Kurt Angle fact, everyone. Kurt Angle fact. <laughs> and then we can talk about this match because we might as well because it's my number fucking two. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh. Can't believe you just did that. That's that ridiculous. So, what a... Oh. Go on then. Kurt fact. So my number three was going to be Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. Now it's Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon. Um, Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero at one point got into a real life fight backstage. Uh, Kurt says that Eddie thought Kurt was working too stiff for him. And on several occasions, Eddie has confronted him about him. And Kurt went, well, what are you going to do about it? Let's have a fight about it. And Eddie went, all right. So Eddie went for a double leg takedown. Kurt got him in a front headlock and the fight didn't last long. And JBL, who likes to stir shit, went to Eddie why would you try to double leg an Olympic gold medalist? And Eddie went, yeah, that was stupid. Very true. Good fact. And I've got some ones to that, actually. And we might have brought this up on the McMahon podcast. I can't remember. Um, which is our, is that our most successful show of all time? The Vince McMahon one? No, it's our favourite, but not our most successful. What's the most, what's the most successful one? Uh, it's the one we had Chris Wolf on for the interview. Oh, nice. Um, and Stables. That's good. Thank you, Chris, for putting us over. Um, uh, yeah, the Vince McMahon episode, um, I might have mentioned it, but Vince went through a phase for a good couple of years of um, every WWE show just hiding in various closets and stuff and jumping out and wrestling Kurt Angle whenever he'd walk past. 
<laughs> like every time, so Kurt would just get pounced on by Vince McMahon hiding in a closet or something because Vince wanted to take down an Olympic gold medalist, and he obviously would because he took him completely by surprise, and he'd just like be really happy and tell everyone that he beat an Olympic gold medalist. Didn't he do it on a plane when they were flying to like Iraq and they were in one of those um, big? Yeah, um, but he did military he didn't, jets. Yeah, he didn't jump jump out on him on the plane though. It was like it was a planned wrestle <laughs> to place on the plane with Vince but and like, Kurt. On a plane? Yeah. It wasn't that wasn't man. that wasn't the plane ride from hell, was it? That was a different plane ride, I think. Um, that was a different plane ride. That was a different plane ride, the plane ride from hell. I don't think Vince was on that one. Um but I believe there was a moment when um Michael Hayes was gonna piss on Linda McMahon, who was sleeping at the time. And was uh, was like talked out of it the last second. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait for our darkest moments podcast episode, everyone. It's going to be a treat. Going to be a treat. All right. So, what's your number two? I just told you my number two. You know my number two. It's versus Shane McMahon, King of the Ring, 2001. Let's talk about this. Um, how can you just throw that in as an honourable mention when this match is? Um, it's easily Shane McMahon's best match. Oh, it is. And this was Kurt Angle's third match of this show. And he yes. still wrestled his tits off. And I don't even know how that's possible. What? Like, you mean how he put on such a good match three yeah. matches in? Yeah. Oh, well, he's a crazy person, like we said. He like thrives off nearly killing himself. And it was late in the show, because it was Edge and Rhino, Edge and Kurt. No, it was... Hang on. It was Kurt and Christian, and then yeah, it was Kurt Edge and Christian. Kurt. Then, yeah, then Edge beat Kurt um, because of a Shane distraction, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then Shane, Kurt, and and this this is another match that has, like, a moment that everyone talks about, and you just forget about how incredible the rest of the match was. The moment being um, when Shane doesn't go through the glass yes. and lands right on his head. And Jesus, can you imagine, by the way? So if you haven't seen this match, anyone, um, there's a bit when Kurt Angle is supposed to throw um, Shane McMahon through what they thought was sugar glass. Um, so it smashes and looks impressive, but it's actually very easy to break. And it's just a belly to belly sort of through this glass. Um, the glass doesn't break. It's not sugar glass. There was a mix up in ordering, apparently. And it was just regular old ply glass or whatever. And um, so it doesn't break. And Shane just falls and plunks. You hear like a, don't you? Like Shane's yep. head just hits the floor, the concrete floor. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Imagine being Vince McMahon backstage. Well, this is the story. When this match is happening. Vince wanted to come out and stop the match. Vince was livid backstage. He was pacing. Um, he was hating it, and he was like, they were had to re- almost restrain him from going out and just stopping this match. Yeah, because he was that, and it didn't happen once. It happened twice. Yeah. So yeah. he he belly to belly to belly him in. Um, so he, he throws him against the glass, he hits his head on the concrete, and Kurt goes, shit, I don't think that's sugar glass. And Shane goes, fuck it, do it again. <laughs> so Kurt throws him with all of his might, smashes the glass, goes yeah. in after him, and the spot was that you go back out the other side through the other sheet of glass on the other bit, and he throws him against it again, doesn't break, he just bounces off that one as well, and then Kurt just tosses him as hard as he can against it and throws him through the other side. Yeah, completely destroyed. Both of them covered in blood from the like fairly real glass as well. Um, just like cut all over. Just fucking. And Shane hits a beautiful shooting star press in this match as well. Yeah. Um, he. I mean, he hit one of them recently, didn't he? Um, like in the last year, Shane he McMahon did it hit a shooting star press. AJ. 
that's it. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That at his age he can still do that. It's a solid yeah. shooting star press. Um, he um, the finish of the match is an angle slam off um, a piece of wood that had been top put rope. into the corner. Yeah, 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 off the top rope. How rickety um, was that, though? You see yeah. it just shake when he does jangle slam, and you're like, oh, not again. Yeah, and that's hell of a bump as well. Like, just landing from that high, flat on your back, the way Shane did. Just, God, the, the amount of shit they put themselves through in this match just for people to watch it and go, this shit's fake. But it's just, this match is brutal. It's yeah. And it's a different side of Kurt Angle. Normally, he's a technical genius. This was him proving that he can do the other side of wrestling, which is your Cactus Jack, you know, sort of style stuff. And um, and Kurt did it again. Again, beat Shane McMahon, but made Shane McMahon look absolutely incredible whilst doing it. Yeah, completely. And the start of the match as well, they have a great back and forth until the weapons uh, get involved as well. Um, if no one's watched this match and only watched, like, the famous spot, it's probably one of the best hardcore matches of the WWE style. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely worth checking out. And yeah, Shane McMahon, because Shane wanted to prove himself to the boys in the back. That's why Shane tried to kill himself for these next two years, between mm. 2000 and 2002. Um, and, and three, that ambulance and match three. Kane at Survivor Series 2003, Shane nearly kills himself. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, Kurt wanted to prove himself that he could do the, the hokey entertainment side of wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah. And delivered. I just remembered another um, thing backstage, Kurt Angle. When Kurt Angle was very new in the business, but as we said, he had an amazing first year. And he was booked to go over Triple H. And um, this was back in Triple H's, um, I mean, one could argue that he still does it to a certain extent, is politicking, keep me on top sort of stage, which he was in for a very long time, which led into the Reign of Terror and stuff. And um, there's a story that goes Triple H sort of, got all the right, you know, got Vince and Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson and everyone aside and sort of said, it's just not, I'm not happy with this. It's not realistic that someone the size of Kurt Angle would beat me in a fight. It's just not, it's not realistic. And I don't think it should happen. And Gerald Briscoe, to his eternal credit, said to Triple H, okay, um, do you want to, do you want to try and take him for real then? <laughs> See who wins. <laughs> a real fight. And Triple H didn't have a thing to say about that. So Kurt went over and rightly so. Was that the 2001 when it was like the whole Stephen McMahon love triangle stuff? I think it was 2000, but yes, um, it was, um, I think it was a match at Unforgiven, Triple H, Kurt Angle. It's a very good match. Right, Hasn't yeah. made my top five, but it's very good. Yeah, it was in um, 2000, all the Stephanie McMahon, Triple H love triangle stuff with Kurt. Oh, yeah. So, excellent, excellent choice there, dear boy. Thanks, thanks for completely um, making it prematurely ejaculate. You have no idea how much you're welcome. <laughs> My number two um, is regarded by many as one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. WrestleMania 21, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. Love oh. this match. Um, wouldn't wouldn't put it in my top ten Kurt Angle matches. Really? Really. Really like it, obviously. Huge fan of both guys. Like, massive fan of both guys. Um, there's something about this match that doesn't... It just I know it's good, but it doesn't resonate with me the way it seems to with other people. Just doesn't click. That's fair. No. That's fair. Um, apparently, no spots were booked prior to them going out there. Which oh, really? I think is ridiculous. Yeah, apparently there's just no spots were called, and they just did it out there. Um, and the fact that these two had never had much history or even worked together, and they still did that, kind of shows but they were at the peak of their careers at that point. Mm. Um, yeah, because they hadn't wrestled at that point. It was only at the Royal Rumble that this match spawned. 
Yes. It was the classic uh, Royal Rumble sets up a really good mid-card match. And it ended up being PWI's match of the year for 2005. And as I said, it's most people's favourites when you talk about Kurt Angle or Shawn Michaels. Mm. And WrestleMania 21 is a solid WrestleMania. I think we had it when we were talking about Manias. And I agree. It was the um, the highest grossing WrestleMania up to that point, which is crazy when you think how huge the Attitude Era was and stuff. But it's Mania 21 in 2005 that beat all box office records from any other WrestleMania. Wow. The That's Tr- mad, isn't it? The Trump one. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, 20, tw- yeah, so 23. Trump one did, the Trump one did beat 21. But I mean, up to this point, this oh, was yeah. the um, when this Mania happened, it was the biggest selling Mania. And then you're right, the Trump one did beat it two years later. But yeah, at the time, it outdid 17. It outdid all the sort of more, quote unquote, more popular days of wrestling. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the thing that makes this match so great is just the crowd were just so into it. You got two of the best world champions of all time, and they're two very different styles as well. Kurt obviously being the technical wrestler, Sean being the wrestler, but the entertainer. He, he's the showstopper. He's a very difficult... When you try and um, put Shawn Michaels into a category, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. he, he's, he's sort of good at everything. Yeah, you don't want to cheat him by saying, oh, he's the... the the entertaining one or the, ent- yeah. the showstopper because he can wrestle like no but one else. Exactly. By saying he's not a technical wrestler, you feel like you're doing him a disservice as well, don't you? Because yeah. you can just, yeah, you're right. He's, he's just an, and then even saying he's an all rounder feels like you're not doing him justice because he's better than that. It's really weird. You just can't, you can't put him in a box. Best of all time. Um, mm. Listen to our top five Shawn Michaels matches episode, um, which this matches in spoilers. So they just seemed, to there were so many moments where this match could finish and it just didn't it just kept going again and again and again um and sean did some crazy spots to the outside of the ring where he was doing like the diving through the table and just killing himself like when he does the moonsault and just bounces off it it's ridiculous oh yeah that's yeah and uh the, the finish of this match though is what makes kurt so good and what make what makes michael so good i mentioned this in the samoa joe match that when that ankle lock gets locked in the the pressure in the room and just the anxiety of like just tap is he going to tap is he going to escape no submission move does it better than the ankle lock and it's shown perfectly in this match because Shawn michaels is in it for ages it feels like a good five minutes of this match he's in the ankle lock and he's screaming he's driving in pain and then kurt drops down and does the grapevine again and he's in it for so long and holds on and the crowd at this point are just holding their breath but Shawn eventually has to tap out to it and I love I love the way Shawn Michaels was always booked because he was obviously had a lot of success, was a main eventer and stuff. But unlike how they book other people like Cena or Reigns or whatever, Shawn Michaels never felt invincible, did he? And he would lose like almost quite regularly. And he just wasn't he wasn't the sort of guy that that's what made the Undertaker Shawn Michaels match at 25 so good as well, because Shawn Michaels was never the guy that could take loads of punishment. So when he would kick out of like the second tombstone or whatever, that was a big deal. And I love that. It's just, it feels more real to me that he was booked like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. 100%. So it, yeah, absolutely almost a perfect match, this one. And I think it warrants being in the top five and at the number two slot. Very good, my son. My boy. Uh, they, had a, they had a rematch at the SummerSlam as well, didn't they, I think? Uh, um, the vengeance. SummerSlam. Was it Vengeance? Vengeance. Oh, that's unusual. They normally have um, 
SummerSlam's normally the Mania rematch card, or it was around this time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I seem I to remember it happened at Vengeance. That. Maybe they had another one. Okay. Okay. Um, we're on to my number one. Da, da, da. And, um, I'm sure you know what it is. I'm sure um, previous listeners um, know what it is. It's uh, my favourite. By proxy, it's my favourite angle match because it's actually my favourite match of all time. It is Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit at the Royal Rumble 2003. Colour me shocked. I know, sorry. Um, had to do it. I mean, I could have like gone, oh, there's, let's find a hidden gem, but I'm going to have to just do this one because it is the greatest match ever. It's, this match is everything I love about wrestling. Kurt Angle goes over, which is unusual because Benoit's my boy. But, um, yeah, the fact that Kurt won it almost makes Benoit look even better again because Kurt does that to people um the spots in this match are insane and Benoit does a diving headbutt three quarters of the way across the ring um Taz and Michael Cole do the best job on commentary they've ever done I think in this match yep um uh, Kurt Angle no sorry Benoit does the German suplex on Kurt and Kurt does the stunning backflip out of the German suplex which just looks incredible. Um, there's a great DDT on the side of the on the apron on the outside. Benoit gives Kurt looks brilliant. I love that Kurt comes out with Team Angle at the start of this match, and you think, oh yeah, okay. And then um, Team Angle get ejected from ringside before the match has even begun by the referee, and you're like, oh fuck, because Kurt had been like proper heel, like cheating a lot at this time, and then that happened, and it was like, oh wow, we're gonna get a real match, and we fucking did. We got a real match out of Kurt Angle at a time when he was avoiding doing long real matches because his neck was in such bad shape. Um, but he just, they just both delivered. This is just a stunning match. My personal favourite match of all time. Um, I've talked about it before on the Benoit podcast, on uh, probably other podcasts. Just <laughs> I'll give you a list. Any, yeah, just any, any podcast. It is, the, it is the WWE match. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a, an amazing Royal Rumble pay-per-view as it is as a whole. But to have this match on kind of took away from the actual Royal Rumble match because the crowd was so invested. They gave Chris Benoit a standing ovation after this match. Uh, yeah, which was, Chris Benoit who tapped out. Yeah, and that was kind of the nod of like, okay, this guy's a top guy. Fact, um, we're, we're talking about how awesome it is when Kurt Angle locks in the ankle lock and then drops down and it's like, it's over. This is the first time he did that. Oh, this really? is the first ever time that he did that, yeah. Mm. And against Benoit, and that's when Benoit tapped. And it was I think it was because the first time he did it made Benoit tap is what told us all that it was serious shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, fuck. If he can make Benoit tap out from that, he, if he does that to anyone, they're fucked. Do you know what I mean? And it's just brilliant. Um, and also, you saying about how invested the crowd were, and they were, which is brilliant, they followed... Um, Triple H versus Scott Steiner in one of the biggest stinkers I've ever seen in my life. Yep. It was just a horrendous match. Killed the crowd. And yeah, and the fact that this was on straight after Benoit and Kurt, and they immediately got it's like a one star match to a five star match, like immediately. And the crowd just got straight back into it after just being so depressed by the shit show of Steiner and Triple H. Well, yeah, exactly. It was which is it was such a stink of a match, and then you're going to put on a... We, we know what they've done in the past, WrestleMania 17, 2001 at Backlash, you know, again and again and again. You knew what they were going to do, so after seeing Triple H and Steiner, you went, oh, I don't know if I can sit through a half an hour wrestling match, like an actual wrestling match, this is going to be painful, but yeah. good fuck did they do it. Oh, God, yeah. 
did it incredible honorable mentions go to um, backlash 2001 by the way they had a 30 minute ultimate submission match which is like an iron man match but only with submissions and um that is a stunning match as well if you're interested in angle benoit stuff that's really good and they made them like staples in the video games for many years afterwards and i love ultimate submission matches and games they're stressful as anything yes they are we used to have some great ones didn't we mm-hmm. um uh anyone who plays the newer smackdown 2k game sammy zane with his cobra clutch thing that he does um is very handy in ultimate submission matches yes very much so um yeah not a surprise but i'm glad you got to talk about it because i want more people to watch that match because it's absolutely fantastic wrestlemania 17 was always my favorite wrestling match until you showed me this one and it's yeah head and tails this 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 match is my is my fandom do you know what i mean like this is my this is why i love wrestling that match yeah exactly Solid choice there, dear boy. Now, my next Kurt fact is a bit depressing, but it leads oh, in to my number one. And it shows He hasn't just died, has he? Who? Kurt. No. <laughs> wouldn't that be great if it broke? It wouldn't be great. It'd be horrible. To but say, like, dude. <laughs> it wouldn't be great. We love it. But like if if something like that broke whilst we were doing this podcast, it'd be better if it was live radio, I suppose. But um I remember when yeah, you but, yeah. um texted me the other week. So this was after Kurt got suspended from Raw and you know when <laughs> you know when you get like the little notifications on your phone of like a message on Messenger. So I just look at my phone and I get one from Jesse saying Kurt Angle's had a stroke, and I was like, holy fuck, what? <laughs> I open it, and it's a link to a tweet that Kurt sent where he did, like, a Donald Trump kerfuffle for V. Just typed a load yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, dude, don't do that to me. Because <laughs> if anyone could have a stroke, it's Kurt Angle. Oh, God, yeah. Do you remember when uh, we were talking about this earlier, when um, Kurt came out um, as the third member of The Shield, uh, because... Um, Roman Reigns was ill with what was he ill with? Bray Wyatt was ill. Oh, he had like the stomach thing, thing that was going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Kurt made uh, came out in Shield gear instead. And you sort of when he first comes out, you're like, oh my god, Roman really is ill. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, it's Kurt. <laughs> he's lost his hair. He's coloring everything. Uh, so my Kurt fact that shows how much of a machine Kurt Angle is and how much of a professional he is. So, Kurt's sister passed away from an overdose in 2003. The night, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the night before one of the best fights in SmackDown history. And I'm talking about the Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar Iron Man match from SmackDown, September 2003. 60-minute Iron Man match. That is, uh, that is my favourite SmackDown match of all time, I think. Yeah, it's my favourite Iron match of all time. It's incredible. Uh, Kurt knew it would be a big match, so he waited to take the time off until the taping of the show. So his sister just died. Um, Fucking hell. And he went and rest. And I remember this, um, because when he comes out, if you notice, he's, he really like points to the sky like he normally does, but he like mouths some stuff and I think he's got stuff on his tape. And I remember watching it going, something's not right here. Something's weird. And that later came out that, yeah, his sister passed away. So the night before. That's rough. That's man. fucking mental. So this, uh, this, and isn't isn't his isn't his brother in prison for murder? Yeah, the messed up family man. Yeah, right. He's like he was like you know that you watch that WWE twenty four. He's all American, um, or he was you know as a kid, you know, gold Olympic gold medalist, like well, his, boy next um, door and stuff. He's from this like crazy family. His, That's probably why he fits into Carney wrestling. So <laughs> probably. Yeah. Well, his coach, uh, the famous Oscar movie Foxcatcher, 
is based on the um the Olympic wrestling team where the guy ends up the head coach ends up getting shot by by one of the trainers he actually trained Kurt mm. Angle so he was shot six months before Kurt Angle won the gold medal and he trained Kurt to to win that gold medal so all fucked up circumstances here like the more but when you put it all together you do realize everyone's like oh how did an Olympic gold medalist you know go into um wrestling and do so well this carny world that's why He's he's from the same sort of background as all the carnies. Yeah, he's built for it. He's he's built carnies. He's... <laughs> um, so this match was on SmackDown, which is a free TV show that anyone can watch, and they decided to put on. <laughs> a... Are we sponsored by SmackDown? <laughs> I now? wish. Um, <laughs> and they put on a sixty-minute Iron Man match on a SmackDown show between two of the best wrestlers yeah. at the time. Unbelievable. And the idea of a 60-minute Iron Man match makes every wrestling fan go, ugh, great. Mm-hmm. But good God, was this the most exciting? Because I admit, like, Iron Man matches can be a slog to get through if you're not, like, a passionate wrestling fan. Um, Even if you are, I would consider myself a passionate wrestling fan. And I think Brett Sean Iron Man match at WrestleMania is one of the most boring things I've ever seen. You do like to mention it quite often. Yeah, and I'm sticking by it. Love both guys. Love both guys. Obviously, love wrestling. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here wasting my time with you. But, um, but this, again, that match just does nothing for me. No, uh, but this match, it's they just top it. Every single fall is something different. It's not just like because normally in Iron Man matches, someone hits a finisher within two minutes and they pin them, and you go, "Wait, that doesn't work in wrestling." And then the commentator, yeah, yeah. Like, "Oh, he's just you know saving his strength for later on, so we didn't kick out." And it's like, yeah, bullshit. Um, so this match starts off with Brock. The first fall is Brock just beats the shit out of Kurt with a steel chair to get the first yeah, fall. It's brilliant psychology. Yeah. So he hits him with the the chair multiple times, gets DQ'd, picks him up, and then F fives him and uh, pins him. So now it's like one all. Um, then you get. But because, but what's cool is like so in the rules of the Iron Man match um, was like, you get like 20 seconds or something. So after a fall, you get 20 seconds to recoup um, between each fall. So if Brock's been uh, disqualified for hitting him with a chair, he's got 20 seconds to carry on hitting Kurt Angle with a chair and can't get disqualified for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is brilliant. That's such a great idea. And then he F5s him and then he puts him in ankle lock and makes Kurt Angle tap out, which makes you go, Mm. shit. This match isn't going the way I thought it would. So, no, um, and Kurt, Kurt nearly had a comeback, didn't he? Yeah, um, and then Kurt gets counted out after an F5 on the floor, so it's like 3-1 at this point, and then an angle slam gets it to 3-2, ref bump shenanigans, uh, Brock goes up 4-2, top rope superplex, um, and they do a pinfall during the commercial break, um, where Brock goes up 5-2, they did a top rope superplex during the commercial break and Brock gets a pin you come back from commercial break and they're like oh yeah Brock is now up 5-2 it just made it yeah I like that it was feels weird. yeah the whole thing just felt so real and so like constant um and giving a taste of our own medicine I mentioned Brock made him tap out Kurt F5's Brock into the ring post outside which is like Brock's go-to move at this point for taking out small Mexicans and one-legged men one-legged man, yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think he, um, did he, do, was it, no, was it, um, no, it was Big Show, I think, wasn't it, that um, smashed Rey Mysterio strapped to a stretcher yes, against like a baseball bat. Yeah. Like a baseball yeah, bat. Yeah, I'm getting confused. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, there's a belly belly off the top rope um, where Kurt gets another full 5-3 at this point and then roll through into an ankle lock, 5-4, and then with 20 seconds left, like, 
each one of these falls I've described, it's a something different happening each time. That's what made this match so exciting. And in between it, we've talked about how much of a machine Kurt is and Brock is. And uh, AJ mentioned this on the table for free, that he was exhausted wrestling Kurt because he just doesn't stop. He just doesn't take a break. And as we mentioned at the yeah. start, he trains to exhaustion. And I feel like that was perfect for Brock as well. Because normally in an Ironman matches, there's like rest holds and breaks and stuff. Not in this match. They go for 60 minutes constantly. Yeah. And then within the final 20 seconds, Angle gets on the ankle lock. Um, then Grape finds it. Brock's just about to tap and the clock counts down from 20 and Brock doesn't tap and he wins the WWE Championship. And it is the best Ironman match. If you have the network, they've got the old Smackdowns on there now. September 18th, 2003. This match, and it's on YouTube probably, but you know, pay for wrestling. Um, September 18th, 2003, SmackDown. It's the one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, totally agree. It was, it was incredible. And like you say, back then, we were, what, 13 then? So, like, we couldn't really afford pay-per-views, and our parents certainly wouldn't pay for them. So, seeing a quality match like that, just on regular telly, was just the best. I used to tape them on VHS back then. At SmackDown tapes. Did you? I, mm. I See, I always associate... This is weird. Um, I always associate SmackDown with um, Saturday morning television. Yeah. Because it's maybe that's a British thing. Because like it would always be on Sky Sports or whatever on Saturday Sky morning. Sky, Sky 1. Sky 1, 9am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when I'd watch my SmackDown. So I, it was like, you know, you'd finish school for the week. You'd wake up Saturday morning and that's wrestling yep. time. That, Whereas, obviously, it's actually on in the evening for Americans and most of the world. But, yeah, it's just, I see, I view it as morning, it's right next to SMTV Live for me. It's like just morning happiness. Yeah, exactly. And the stuff they used to show. Good God. Yeah, they used to They used to actually... Um, Pan away to the crowd for a headshot. Yeah, but or, like, or, not, or not even that. They would freeze the, they would freeze it. So you'd see someone go hit someone with a chair. And then it would freeze just before it hit them in the head. You'd still hear the clap, you know, of it actually hitting them in the head. But then the um, video would resume with um, whoever's been hit on the floor or whatever. So you wouldn't actually see the hit, even though it was very obvious what just happened. This was great with the edit, because they didn't edit out the blood or anything like that either. And I remember, I've told this story, so they'll edit out a chair shot to the head. But um, when Eddie Guerrero Tiger powerbomb Tajiri into the windscreen of his lowrider, that was fair game. (laughs) Yeah, that's that. fine. That's yeah. fine. What's well, Jiri is Japanese. Oh yeah, so it counts. No con- no concussions. Um but it's yeah, absolutely fantastic match. And you're right, I I used to watch it at nine o'clock every morning, record it on VHS. I had like two years worth of good smackdown on VHS. Oh, I bet. Well doing my move in at the moment actually, I've dug up a few old VHSs, they've just been hiding away in various cupboards and stuff, so I haven't even got a video player anymore, but I, I need to find one just to find out what's on these videos. And I bet there's going to be some wrestling hidden in there. I'm quite looking oh, forward they, to that. Are they not labelled? I did that once. I had like loads of VHSs that weren't labelled and I put them on. And it was like Looney Tunes and wrestling. It was great. <laughs> and then um, arsecaping porn. <laughs> <laughs> there was a transition in my life. There was a transition, yeah. But that's it. It's like Russian roulette, these uh, videos. With no, they could, it could be um, could be anything. It could be cartoons, porn, wrestling. You you want to play Russian roulette, invite the family around, pretend it's like family videos and just see what happens. <laughs> see what comes up on the TV when you plug it in. What a risk. <laughs> so those are, between me and Jesse, our top 10 um, Kurt Angle matches. Very and good. I, I mean, think... it's top top seven, really, isn't it? With our top crossovers. Seven. Exactly. Or eight, I don't know. 
We can't count good. Um, <laughs> so I think we did demand justice, the big bold bastard. I think so. And we talked about his dead sister and his murderous brother as well, which I feel like he'd be very happy with. Final fact, Kurt Angle was the first person to kick out of the F5. First person ever. WrestleMania 19 was the first ever time someone kicked out of the F5. Ah, that's interesting. Final fact. Sorry, good fact. Well done. I thought I'd like top the heroin overdose. I think it's best. Yeah. Um, Also, his wife left him for Jeff Jarrett. That's... Uh, um, We're back. That's not... (laughs) (laughs) But God, God, if you're Kurt, you'd be... Look, I'd rather be with Kurt than Jarrett, wouldn't you? Do you know he had a tumour in his neck? Who did? Kurt. Really? So, I'm just reading here. In July 2015, Angle underwent emergency surgery to remove fluid buildup. F- yeah, we, his jelly buildup on his spinal Fru- cord. Fru- his frube yoghurt. His frube yoghurt. Um, after all of his extremities went numb. A week before his emergency, he had t- surgery to remove a benign tumour from his neck. Jesus. Jesus. The man's a walking, like... He's just a walking, broken nerve. Yeah. How he's still alive is just baffling me. And then there's all of his um, drunk driving and stuff and drugs, but we'll leave that. Oh, we'll... yeah. Well, you watch the... Um, anyone who has the network, watch the WWE 24 on Cut Angle. It's really good. It's one of the best they've done. Oh, all the WWE 24s are good, but um, this Cut That's Angle one, one is particularly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Hardys one was good, wasn't it? The, it um, was. The month. That was really good. Really honest. Yeah, I like that whilst they were making it, Jeff got busted again. <laughs> and, it was like, and they were like, yeah, I've been popped again, I'm a bad person. Especially yeah, when he was like, I can't get busted again, I've got to stay got to stay sober. And he's been arrested. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just the, um, I don't know what he is. Um, the Amy Winehouse of WWE, what do you call Jeff Hardy? Yeah, like, except he's made it to, what, 43 at this point? He has, but he won't, he'll never be an old man. True. Um, he also supports the Pittsburgh Penguins, which you enjoy in the NHL, and supports. Kurt Angle, we're about to. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they are he's... my favourite hockey team. And he supports the Scottish football club Rangers FC. Does he? Why? He's... He has signed up as a life member to the fan group Rangers First. How strange! And that's the end of our Kurt Angle facts, everyone. Nice. I feel like you know him better than your own family at this point. I feel like that as well. Um, the Scottish team I support is Hearts of Midlothian, and I've never even been to Scotland, but I. Um... Played as them on FIFA once and won a game. And ever since then, I've been like, they're my team. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's how I end up picking any sports team. (laughs) The only reason I ever became a St. Louis Blues fan of hockey was I was in Canada. And I was like, I've got to buy a hockey jersey if I live in Canada. That helps me otherwise. So I went to a mall and they had like these hockey jerseys for $20. And they were just not good. And I picked this one based on it had a big musical note on it. And I was like, that's cute. I'm going to wear that. So I bought it and found out it was St. Louis Blues, and they're terrible. Yeah, well, I'm quite lucky that when I chose Pittsburgh Penguins for no other reason than their logo is a penguin playing hockey, which is just, how could you not? And um, turns out they're really good, and they have a player called Sidney Crosby, who is, um, like, would you call like, he's one of the best of all time, isn't he? Yeah, yeah in hockey and i've got a pittsburgh penguins i just packed it yesterday actually i'm doing all my moving house stuff my pittsburgh penguins top which has Sidney crosby 87 on the back and 87 is um the number i always choose as my lucky number because of Sidney crosby there you go that's that's a jesse fun fact i like we that. need jesse facts now with we'll, facts. we'll do jesse facts on our on our next episode because ladies and gentlemen the next episode you hear will mean that we've done a 
full goddamn year of this podcast. A whole year. Do you know how many podcasts last a year? Do you know how many times me and Jesse have not committed to something? Jesus Christ, we've actually followed through with this. Like, the amount of times me and Max have tried to do so... Let's start a band. Let's start... Let's just, like, live our lives. No, never works. And this... We've actually... We've actually done this for a whole year. And it's because of you lot. Like, if none of you had listened then we wouldn't have carried on because it would have been pathetic because we've been doing this our whole lives just talking shit about wrestling anyway. We still do, like, over Facebook or whatever, just constantly every day. But now we do it for a couple of hours a fortnight and people listen and it's amazing. Thank you, everyone, for giving us a reason to carry on doing this because it feels really good to finally have done something with my best mate that has actually lasted because it's never happened before. Exactly. So... Enjoy the Wankfest next show, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be unbearable. What are we actually doing? Uh, we're doing our... So me and Jesse realised six months into this podcast that we'd never done the most basic... Uh, which seems kind of redundant at this point. So we've never done the most basic top five of our top five favourite matches of all time. Just our favourite matches. But over the well, past I've already, year... I've already given away what my number one's going to be. <laughs> over the past year, we've told you what our top five favourite matches are. But we feel like we need to do it officially. So cool. we're going to be doing our top five and most of it's going to be just us talking about how great we are and how much we love each other. So we're just going to slot in top fives of um, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and that'll be very quick. But the most of it will be us talking about how good we are. Nice. Um, could you maybe like get some like clips together of when we were especially funny or good and like slide them into the podcast? I think well? I will. I think if you can, um, I've been wondering how we do this. Like maybe we pick our top five personal moments and all that kind of stuff. I'm even listeners, dear listeners, I'm going to be putting out a little, uh, little quiz to you this week where I want you to do a vote. Remember when Steve did his little voting thing? I want to do a got yeah. till five award. Oh, okay, well, for our best guests that we've had. Best guests, best episodes. We, we've only had, like, five guests, haven't we? Yeah, they'll be easy then. Not much oh, to pick yeah. from. So and then I'll put up, like, what your favourite episodes are for listeners, and we'll see uh, see overall what you guys like. And then that'll give see us a good do. idea of where we go into year two. Because we ain't idea. stopping. We ain't stopping. We're speeding up, bitches. So get ready for some more Got Till 5 action. But for our last lazy episode of our first year... Um, I'd like to thank dear Jesse Benz. I'd like to fight, thank Kurt Angle, and I'd like to thank Mel Patton Boldness. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, Mel Patton Boldness, because you make Kurt Angle look absolutely badass, and he didn't really look that badass before. And to the doctors who have kept him alive somehow, you are bottom. miracle workers, and he's got a great bum. He has, right? You look at his bum in that singlet; it's always been really firm and lovely, like a baboon, but like. <laughs> But like a like a sort of dominant sexy baboon. He's thick. He's 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 got some weight behind him. He does. He's got a sassy ass. <laughs> and that's how we end the podcast. Good. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, find us everywhere at Got Till Five. The website is Jesse Benz. Please. Oh, gottofive.com. He knows it well. Check us out there with all the links and previous episodes. Uh, if you go onto iTunes and leave us a five star review, we'd love you forever. Uh, stay tuned to Twitter this week at Got Till Five, where I'll be releasing the um, award quiz, whatever it's going to be called, and <laughs> just we'll, awards, whatever. And we'll start be ramping up to our one year anniversary again. As Jesse says, wouldn't have been able to do it without you lot. So thank you very much for listening to this episode as well. If you're a new listener, check out the previous episodes and hit that subscribe button. It's been a pleasure. It certainly has. 
Enjoy the rest of your week, my friend, and we'll see you all in two weeks' time. Love you. Good night. Goodbye. Kisses. <laughs> <laughs> have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. <laughs>